We are joined on the morning brief by Deb Hutton, former senior advisor to two Ontario premiers, now a communications advisor and a frequent appearer on News Talk 1010. Nice to have you. Good morning. Good morning, John. Okay, so all of the candidates for the Toronto mayoralty are trying to stand out, and I think Mark Saunders probably did a pretty good job of it yesterday, announcing a wide-ranging plan for security on the TTC. The only problem would be he can't put a price on it. <laughs> or, or tell you how he's going to pay for it if we if yeah. we knew what the price was. And listen, I'm going to declare my bias. I think, as I've said before on your show, John, I am supporting Anna Bailao. I know Mark well, and and I'm a big fan. But I've made my decision as it as it relates to mayor. So I always like to put that up front. I, I think most of the candidates, at least the ones that we're following, because there's what 30 plus of them now, maybe close to 40, have put some variation on the table of more bodies on transit and a focus on mental health. I think the only difference with Saunders' plan, which shouldn't surprise us as a former police chief, is that he's he wants to take the special constables and make them part of the Toronto Police Service. So they're actually police officers as opposed to TTC officers. And I don't know why we would be surprised at that, because that's obviously where he comes from. Right. I mean, it's sort of one of those, uh, if you've got a hammer, then everything looks like a nail. And so if you're a former police chief, the idea is more police officers. More police. Yeah. 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 And and others have called for more special constables and greater coordination. I mean, as I said, it's variations on, on the plan that exists for most of the high profile candidates. Okay. So Doug Ford actually thinks it's a great idea to move the Science Centre to Ontario Place. And again, this is something Anna Bailao has been championing. And I don't know if there's going to be any light between you and me on this one. I just think that the Ontario Science Centre is fine where it is. Well, the issue for Anna is the housing opportunity. So everyone agrees we need more housing, more affordable housing. And if you use that vast parking lot, which will be right by both the Ontario Line and the Eglinton Crosstown for housing... That seems to make a lot of sense. So the, it's, it's not so much moving the science center for the sake of moving the science center. It's moving the science center to create housing at a, a nexus of transit. And I like the idea, quite frankly. Okay, but I mean, here's my issue. It cost us $30 million to build the Science Center in 1969. In today's value, that would be 10 times that, $350 million. And I just, I, I don't necessarily see the need for it. Plus, I get, I get the elegance of the idea of let's demolish the Science Center and build housing and let's build a new Science Center. Um, but again, I just think it, it's one of those it would be nice if ideas and it's too expensive. Well, I think, John, if I don't know when the last time was you were at the Science Center, but if you think we don't need money in the current Science Center to update it, um, I mean, that in and of itself is an issue. Like it is not state of the art today in 2023 as it was when it was built, would you say 1969? Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's kind of our vintage, John, and, and it's time for a redo of it. So I actually think this is a really uh, great solution. Uh, I think there's tremendous pushback uh, on the by the people on, for the government on this spa that's costing taxpayers, I don't know, half a billion dollars to subsidize a parking lot for. So I think the combination of those policies, more housing, uh, an updated science center, and maybe, I'm not sure where the premier will come down on this ultimately, but maybe not a spa or at least one that doesn't require so much in the way of tax dollars. If we've got $500 million for a parking lot for a spa, I think we can put a good dent in a new science center.
Okay, so uh, Pierre-Carl Pelado, who's a huge celebrity in Quebec and probably somewhat of a cipher outside of Quebec, is the new owner of a cell phone company, and he was in Toronto this week to say he's going to discount his prices by 20%, which I would imagine is probably going to precipitate a bit of a, a price war, which, you know, bring it on. Bring it on. Listen, I was concerned when the government, the federal government approved uh, this deal, the overall Shaw Rogers deal, because I thought it was going to lead to less competition. But this one component of it, which was to pull Freedom Mobile out of it, sounds like it's going to do the opposite, actually will bring competition. And if that happens, my goodness. Kudos to the Liberal government. <laughs> yeah, no, bring it on. Because at the risk of offending the C-suite and our own corporation, I would like to see lower cell phone rates. Thank you very much. Uh, Ontario is pitching a ban on celebrities appearing in online gambling ads. Is this nanny statism or a good idea? No, I actually think it is a good idea. And, and this is where my, uh, my husband would say the old sort of do what you want to do independent Deb changed when she got kids. Yeah. <laughs> so I this is part of that for me. The thing that surprises me, though, is that we're barely, I think it was last April, we're barely a year into legal online gaming in Ontario, and they've already had to sort of rethink it. So I'm a little disappointed in the regulator that, that they didn't think about this before they brought it forward, but I'm all for it. Yeah, I mean, it was completely predictable. They were going to use sports celebrities in particular to push this. And I guess, you know, sometimes I have to try to strip out my irrational hatred of gambling when we tackle an issue like this. Yeah, I don't have an irrational hate. I don't, I don't hate gambling at all. I, I don't do it very much and certainly would never want to do online gaming whatsoever. Uh, but for those who enjoy it, um, I, I just think the important part is that we're not encouraging it in our youth. And that, unfortunately, was what happened when you use uh, sports celebrities, in particular young hockey players. Yeah. So, uh, Andrea Horvath and Hamilton declaring a state of emergency over opioids, homelessness, and mental health. Interested in your take on this? You've served in the Premier's office, so maybe you can bring some perspective to what this actually means. Is it an act of desperation or just a measure that was required? Um, well, and at some point, I'd like to hear from you on why you called Andrea Horvath a Siamese cat earlier. Because she's I very guess. mysterious. And oh. <laughs> I had a dinner with her one night, and the understanding was everything we talked about was going to be off the record. And she was so guarded, I thought, you know, who are you? Uh, you're a scary guy, John Moore. <laughs> so this this is a PR move. And, and they're not the first city to do it. Uh, Niagara Region, just down the road from Hamilton, did this, I, I don't know, maybe February of this year. It's a, it's, I mean, functionally, there are certain things that you can do as a municipality by declaring a state of an emergency. So, for example, you can redeploy staff. You can make decisions that normally wouldn't be within your purview of, of bylaws, et cetera. So there are things that, that come with calling uh, for a state of emergency without a doubt. We saw that during COVID, where municipalities were able to make restrictions when the province, before they acted, in their own communities that they wouldn't normally be able to do. So there, there is a legitimacy to this. I don't see that as, as the case in either Hamilton or Niagara region right now. I think it is a PR move. It's an effort to leverage provincial dollars for what is really a, a very big opioid, opioid mental health and underlying that homelessness crisis in so many of our, of our municipalities in Ontario, actually throughout the country. And what do you make of Michelle Mandel's column today about a guy who stabbed his pregnant wife to death and he's in jail, but he's looking for love? 
See, I, I cannot get my head around the notion that anyone would want to communicate with this guy unless you're you're trying to save him but that's not what he's looking for like this isn't he's not looking for someone to to bring him religion or bring him some form of of mental um health efforts he's looking for women and and he's a killer yeah and to top it all off the picture he put on this website which i can't even believe this website exists is in his wedding tuxedo from when he married the pregnant wife that he killed. Yeah. Like, it, it's crazy. But, but there are women who marry inmates. They've never met them before they went into jail and before they committed heinous crimes. But there's, there's a weird phenomena that I will never, ever understand. And this is part of it. Thanks a lot for this, Deb. Have a great weekend. You too, John. Deb Hutton, former advisor to two Ontario premiers.